Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by the Harrier. If you're looking for your one-stop shop for everything track and field, definitely go check out the Harrier. They have a lot of amazing clothing, articles, all types of things. They actually just dropped a brand new shirt design that was created by you, the fans. So go and get one of those. And when you do, use code TWN in the checkout to get 20% off. Um, awesome. So today, want to talk about a few different stories. So obviously, track and field season's over. We're actually going to be starting to see a lot of awards and things like that coming up. So I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot of reactions on what these awards are. And so our first, we have our first one here as well. But uh, before we get into those uh, stories, want to talk about some difficult news that we had here in the track world. Very, very sad and, and upsetting things that happened recently. Um, so this past week, I believe it was on the 13th, uh, we had one of the one of our distance runners from Kenya, Agnes Tirop. Uh, she died in her home at the age of 25. Uh, it was, she was found with stab wounds in her abdomen, and it was believed to be uh, caused by her husband. Um, so currently, this is a ongoing investigation. Uh, I believe that her husband had been. Um, taken in by uh, law enforcement. He was apparently trying to flee the country. Uh, he has now been arrested, I believe, going through questioning and, and all that now. Um, Agnes, she was an Olympian in Tokyo 2020, so just recently in the 5K, and she's also the world record holder in the 10K women's only road race. And so she's a, you know, a, a very talented runner and it's seeing things like this is, is difficult whether you're good at running or not. There are things that shouldn't be happening in our society. Um, this, you know, domestic abuse and the fact that it's still going on, whether it's, you know, with elite athletes or it's with regular everyday people. And um, definitely all of, uh, you know, my thoughts, prayers go to uh, her and her family uh, during this difficult time that they're going through, um, you know, I, I know I've mentioned it probably before in my uh, podcast, but had a, a situation where my, one of my close loved ones, you know, was, was taken uh, too soon due to violence. And so I know the difficulty that she, her family is probably going through. Uh, so hopefully they, um, you know, they get the answers that they deserve and um, will hopefully have more knowledge on on the situation that could hopefully bring bring peace to the family but um yeah it's very difficult and um you know definitely someone taken too soon uh, from this earth uh so i mean no really easy transition from that topic but do want to talk about something else that happened here just the past few days as well so the ncaa has officially announced their indoor and their indoor cha championship schedule. Oh, sorry, I can't speak. So 
This is going to be held in Birmingham, Alabama from Friday, March 11th to Saturday, March 12th. So if you're listening to this on the first day of the episode drop, that is 143 days away, but who's counting? And so the way that it's getting scheduled, the men are going to be in the afternoon and then the women are going to be going in the evening, uh, depending on the day. Men are going to be getting started around 4 o'clock. Women are usually going to be getting started around 7, 7.30, um, depending on whether it's the first day or second day. Prelims first, uh, and then prelims on Friday, and then finals on the second day. And uh, so wanted to talk about a few things because, I mean, first, the, the schedule is the same as it was for indoor, and something that I really enjoyed from indoor uh, the indoor championship last year was the way that it was scheduled because you were able to see all of the events that were, were going on. Uh, it was great. So this was easily, easily my favorite, uh, track meet of the year scheduling wise, because they had the racing events going on. And then in between the two sessions, that's when they would have their field events and they had it. So when one, so I remember it was the pole vaults, like the men's pole vault was going on and then the men's triple jump was going on. And so they would have the pole vault take a jump. And then once the pole vault was done, the triple jumper would go. And then the pole vaulter, triple jump, pole vault, triple jump until the competition was over. And that was great because it was just a seamless transaction, uh, seamless transition. You went right from, you didn't have to wait for, you know, all the races going on. Like it was just from one event to another event. And it was just action every single second of the, of the way you had the commentators talking about what was going on. It was just easily the best scheduled meet. And partially it's because there are just so many less competitors in the indoor NCAAs, obviously that you can't do this as streamlined on the outdoor side because there's more events and there's more athletes competing. But overall, I, the indoor NCAA championship is one of my favorite events uh, or one of my favorite meets throughout the year just because it's, it's uh, since there's such tighter of a competition because there's not as much time, there's not as much events, you get to see some really crazy competitions. So uh, I'm very excited to see the uh, NCAA championship. Then want to talk about what are like the hardest doubles that are available. So uh, we're not going to just talk about the hardest doubles that make no sense. So yeah, the, the mile and the 60 double, which are back to back. Sure. That would be the hardest double to do because they're back to back, but obviously that's not going to happen. So what is the hardest double for events that could happen at the NCAA championship this year? So the first one that I saw is the uh, mile and then the 800. So the mile to 800 is a 30 minutes in between each race. And so you're going to be racing in the mile. And so let's just say you run in four minutes and then now you have to get off the track and then go back into the, you know, the backstage or whatever it is, you know, get some water, rest your legs, whatever it might be. That's 20 minutes, 25 minutes right there. And then now you got to get out and get ready for the 800. Don't know if that's going to be able to happen. So the mile and the 800, we're probably not going to be seeing many people competing in that. That's going to be very tough. Uh, Then the next most difficult um, one that I have is going to be the 200 and the 4x4. So... Uh, that's obviously has a lot of turnover. That also has just a 30-minute window. 
Obviously, it's a little bit different than the mile 800 because you're going to be running less distance, so it's going to be less miles on the leg. And also, you can be pushed back onto farther legs of the 4x4. So if you do the 200 and then you do the last leg of the 4x4, yeah, it's, what, an extra few minutes that you're getting? And it's like, oh, it's just, you know, an extra two, two, three minutes. That, that means a lot when you're talking about NCAA-level championships, you know, NCAA-level uh, performances. Like, you're, you're going up against the best people in the entire nation. That extra few minutes means a lot when it comes to recovery. So I say those are going to be the two hardest doubles. The there's, Most of the time in between is hovering around that 40 to 50-minute to mark. So the 60 and the 200 double, you know, a common one has 40 minutes. The 800 to 4x4 double is 50 minutes, and then the mile to 3,000 has an hour. So there, it's a pretty standard uh, time. Obviously, it's much more condensed than it would be if this was an outdoor event. It just doubles are just more difficult here in an in indoor track. But I'm I'm excited to see what people are going to be doing these. I mean, the the 200 and 4x4 pretty standard events for people to be doing. Interested if anyone ends up doing that. No, uh, Noah Williams mentioned that he was interested in, you know, doing the more 200s and 100s this year. Is he going to be trying to do that 200 and 4x4? Or is he just going to do the open 4 and then the 4x4? Or are they even going to do a 4x4 for LSU? I mean, they didn't do one. They didn't run one in outdoor track. Would they do one in indoors? Uh, who knows? So we'll have to see. So that's what I got for the indoor NCAA is something I'm super excited about. We will be doing previews, projections, guesses. Once we get a little bit closer to the season, uh, have a lot of exciting uh, podcasts or, or topics that we're going to be talking about. Uh, as you probably have noticed, a lot of the schedules have just been released or are being released currently. We are definitely going to be breaking down what are the must-watch competitions throughout this year for the regular season, at least it is. Uh, so some competitions that you're definitely not going to miss out on. So that's going to be a cool one for sure. And then the last thing that we have going on, the Euro Athletics, they just released their Athletes of the Year, their awards. So it was the Who's Athlete of the Year? So the best you know, runner, jumper, thrower for male and for female. And then they also have the Rising Star, who is just the best, I'm guessing 20 or under. They didn't, I don't really see the exact age, but I'm guessing it's someone that, you know, is new onto the scene this year. And there's a common trend that you're going to see within these four athletes. And so let's see if you can pick it up. It's it's kind of obvious, but let, you know, let me know. So number one, Safan Hassan. So she is the athlete of the year for the women. She won the 5K gold. She won gold in the 5K and the 10K at the Olympics, as well as getting a silver medal in the 1500. So she was going for the the triple that really no one thought was even possible. No one's gone for this, and let alone gotten so close. Uh, the 1500 is just a, another beast for her. I think her best events are in that five to 10 K range. But the fact that she is fast enough to be able to go all the way down to the 15 just shows how dominant of an athlete she is. I mean, she even briefly held the world record for the 10 K. She had it for a few days uh, and then it was overtaken by Gade. but she's someone that had an amazing year, just 
insane. Um, I had her in third place in my athlete rankings for the top 50. If you haven't seen that or listened to that episode, that was, a bit, I believe, two episodes ago. So it's top 50 athletes, so definitely listen to that. But, uh, yeah, definitely deserving. I don't see any other woman in Europe that would be, uh, you know, getting that over her. So a very, very well-deserved um, thing for her. Next, I have on the men's side, uh, Carson, Warhol, or <laughs> Carson Warholm was the winner. And I would have had Carson Warholm as the winner here. So he went undefeated, perfect 10-0 in the 400-meter hurdles. He had the world. He received the world record with a time of forty-five point nine four, and I had him second place in my overall rankings for for top fifty athletes, right behind Ryan Krauser. And this is something that obviously I think is the the right pick. The only other person that would have been close to him, I guess you could say, would have been uh, Mondo Duplantis in the excuse me in the pole vault, but. Uh, Warholm had a better year this year, last year, Mondo had a much better year, 2020. Um, but 2021, uh, Warholm just insane. I mean, he first person under four to go sub 46 in the 400 meter hurdles. Like dude is running insane times that could potentially have gotten you on a relay in some countries in the four by four. And he did that over hurdles. So he is just run. He is just going out of his mind. Um, I'm excited to see how he's going to be doing in 2022. I'm sure Rye Benjamin definitely wants to get his revenge, especially now that the 2022 World Championships is going to be held in Eugene, Oregon. I know he's not going to want to get uh, an L on his home track, so uh, it's going to be very exciting. And so many people are like, oh, Warholm is going to go undefeated. There's no one really even in his ballpark, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like, you do know that Rye Benjamin also broke what would have been the world record too. Like if Benjamin did what he did at the Olympic trials, he would have been the world record holder. And then now, but people forget that because he got second place. No, he is in that ballpark. Like this is going to be one of those great rivalries that we have. I mean, something that's super amazing just about the 400 meter hurdles right now are that the top four uh, runners are all born you know, in 2000 to 1997, like Warholm's the oldest person in that top four and he's 26 years old. Uh, you have Dos Santos who is, uh, who is 21. Like every, everyone that is in that ballpark for the, that's in the, the top athletes for the 400 meter hurdles is all within that same age bracket. And so it's going to be in a very exciting and very competitive, uh, races that we're going to be seeing for a while. And then, Last one, oh no, no, I'm sorry, uh, Rising Stars. So the the women's Rising Star was Femke Bowl, who ran the 400-meter hurdles. So she had the third fastest time this year with a time of 52.03. Uh, bronze medal in the Olympics. She was very consistent this year, and I had her 22nd uh, as the 22nd best athlete. And looking at the other people that it could have been, I mean, I feel this is also another one that... It's pretty pretty clear and consistent. It's got to be Femke Bowl, especially for athletes that are 20 or younger. I guess maybe 21 or younger. She definitely had the best year of of anyone. I mean, she if if this wasn't you know everyone says the the what ifs, but you know if, if Sydney McLaughlin and Dalia Muhammad you know 
aren't in this, you know, running world record times. I mean, she's winning, she's running times that could have easily have won, you know, Olympic medals in almost any other year. So she is going very, very fast and is also very young, just like Sydney McLaughlin. I mean, I think she's actually younger than Sydney McLaughlin is. So uh, she's got uh, a very bright future ahead of her. And she was very consistent this year, ran a lot, and she did very well. I believe also won the, uh, what's it called, Diamond League uh, Championship. So she had a, a very good year herself. On the men's side, uh, it was Sasha Zoya, who was a hurdler as well. So you'll see three of these athletes are hurdlers. He was a 110-meter hurdler, though, so a little bit shorter. And so he is the U-20 world record holder with a time of 12.72 uh, he was undefeated with a 10 wins, zero losses, um, and he had a very, very good year. I didn't have him in my top 50, but he had a very, very good year. So he started off the season running 13.38, a time that is fast but is not really getting you any you know, acknowledgement from the track world um, at large. And then he just kept knocking and knocking and knocking that times away. That 12.38 turned into a 12.27, turned into a 12, I think, 10, like 12.09, like, or 13.09, sorry. So she was, he was continuously knocking these times down. And then by the time the, U, the U20 championship happened in, uh, what was it, was it Nairobi? Um, he then ran a 12.98 in the semis. And then by the time the finals happened, busted out that 12.72 U20 world record. And so he is now becoming very, very consistent. Uh, he's just 19 years old. And the hurdles is just, it's, I think this next year, like 2022, and then including the, you know, the Olympics in 2024, it's, it's going to be the year of the hurdles. Because look, you have Grant Holloway, you have Devin Allen, you have Sasha Zoya. Uh, you just got a ton, a ton of great talent you know, coming out for the, uh, I mean, the, the Jamaicans, I think there's what, six Jamaicans that ran like 13 sub, like nearly sub 13s. Like you had a lot of people, um, from Jamaica, USA, um, I believe Sasha's from France that are just running insane times. Um, and then on the women's side as well. I mean, the women's side more the, the 400 meter hurdles, but, um, also having a, a you know great year, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what 2022 is going to be. But Sasha, I believe he's going to be the most deserving. Couldn't really think of another athlete that could have potentially been, because uh, I be I'm guessing Mondo is out of it. Because if he wasn't, he I bet you they would have put him there. But I I guess he's a little bit too old. So yeah, I'd say Sasha probably is is deserving of that. But let me know what you think. Uh, who do you think won awards that shouldn't have? didn't, you know, didn't win an award that should have, whatever it might be. Let me know your opinions on any of the topics that we had discussed today. would love to hear you guys on that. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to another episode of Track World News. If you liked it, make sure that you leave a like, leave a review. Uh, really helps us know that you're enjoying what's going on. Uh, give us five stars too, why not? And um, yeah, we have a couple good interviews coming up. Hope that you guys enjoy those as well. And uh, keep on the lookout for some more information on merch. We are getting that prepared right now, doing some of the last finishing touches before we you know, go live with that. So stay tuned. Uh, also, if you like more content, uh, follow us on Instagram at Track World News. We post different clips, news, stuff like that. But 
Awesome. So my name's Colin. Hope you guys enjoyed. Talk to you soon. Peace.